Gary and Brayden are friends with ideas, terrible ideas. When the phone rings, it's a special kind of conversing. Here you are, you're invited to listen in, so please allay your fears, lend us your ears. When you get that itch, the pitch. Gary Butterfield. Brayden Cameron, Gary, hello! Hey, Braden, how you been? I've been pretty good. It's been a long time since we talked. Last time I talked to you, it's been a while. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it's been, and then you were going to expect me to guess how many weeks it's been, and then (laughs) say like it's that many weeks. Have some fun with this riddle one. How long has it been, my Uh, dear son? It's been... Approximately ten weeks since it's something, something, and then this shirt. Take my shirt off at a funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that sure. isn't that how the song goes? Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. Gary, um, it has been a long time since we talked. Last time we talked, I think it felt like it was the future. That's how long it had been. Um, yeah. So, Gary, I'm calling you because I have this really great idea. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I've, I've been I've been hungry for it. Late on. Okay. Imagine a show where two dudes make up ridiculous products and try to sell the other one on the product, uh, and we put it out on the Internet for free. But, hmm. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you so far, and the only thing I can think of to improve it, you know, I'm thinking, so one, uh, the free mm-hmm. thing, we need to make it crushingly expensive. Okay. Because okay. otherwise, ka-ching, ka-ching. Right. Two, I'm thinking of a name. Okay. Right. So I'm thinking something like Gary Brayton's Fantastic Wonder Magorium Podcastrarium. I like it. It's a little mouthy, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I was well, you know me. I'm like, a little mouthy. Yeah, you are. You're a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. I'm a little bit country and a little bit mouthy, like <laughs> our, our like Dolly Parton. Pardon. Like, like for example, the band Cowboy Mouth. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, before they got into that heroin, yeah, craze. that was a that was a problem too. Covering yeah. covering heroin songs. Yep, and then becoming the cowboy cowboy junkies. Right, which so, is, yeah, right. Uh, okay, so do we I'm hold on a moment? You. Okay, so they they covered Sweet Jane. Do you think yeah. that cover that cowboy mouth used to be cowboy mouth? But then when you cover a heroin song, that is what turns you into a junkie. Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, even before the they became Cowboy Mouth, they were the Cottonmouth Kings, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. because of one of the band members, Julius Peppers, famous uh, ability to just devour cotton candy at the like at fairs. Yeah. And then she got on, got on the wagon and, and then uh, eventually fell off it. Yeah. She got on the wagon. And it's amazing Nikos. Right. So anyway, Gary, back to the idea. Uh, I your idea is really great. I think uh, we shorten it down to just the pitch, and okay. uh, it's you, me. We pretend to be these uh, virtuosos of industry. We talk okay. about uh, 
industry. We get our friends Josh Groban, Van Hammersley. Wait, that wasn't his name. Goats, Goats Face, Ram Hammersley. That's what it was. Uh, there we are. Sandman. Get them all involved. Get Teenman on the line. Make him like a scapegoat. It'll be great. Sure. Sure. I'm, I'm with you. And, um, yeah. And transition out of the opening bit. Yeah. And ta-da. <laughs> and this is where we play the theme song for the second time. Sure, sure. We're <laughs> and here it goes. Gary and Braden are friends with ideas. Terrible ideas. When the phone rings, it's a special kind of conversing. Here you are. You're invited to listen in. So please allay your fears. Lend us your ears. When you get that itch, the pitch. Hello, uh, people. Hey. Hey, it's Gary and Brayden of The Pitch. Yeah. Uh, we kind of had this idea to recap the show in general and, and talk about the show. It's it's weird because, like, specifically the reason I wanted to talk about it was because <laughs> the show had a really bizarre arc. Uh, and I don't know if everyone followed along. And it kind of had an ending that was like the last episode of Lost, where, like, all of a sudden it was like... <laughs> Oh, you pulled back the curtain, and it was Josh Groban behind it all. <laughs> or like the end of Newhart. Right. Or um, the end of Dallas, I think. Or, or um, uh, yeah, the end of the Golden Girls. Right, or the end of True Detective. Spoilers! Wow, no, I haven't even seen um, this episode know nothing about the show. Like the end of Breaking Bad. Oh, Todd okay, is an FBI is. agent. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you know? Actually, the baby is recruited to the FBI. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just goes in. It's, it's the federal babies of investigation. Um, and it, and it, it's a baby on the show. <laughs> yeah, it goes into season six following the federal babies of investigation. Uh, it's actually, it's and, all, uh, the, the thing that's weird is that it's a really, um, the whole movie ties into the baby genius movies or like the series ties into those baby genius movies that came out in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's really a strange thing. Meryl Streep is there. It's all weird. Yeah. It's it, the, the, the first arc is all about, um, Brock, uh, Jesse's little buddy showing, uh, Holly the ropes. Cause he's like six years older than her. So he's right. the veteran. He's only got yeah 44 years more left till retirement. I really love that you remembered all of their names. Uh, I honestly oh, forgot yeah. that the baby even had a name. <laughs> I, I was so <laughs> focused on uh, just Jesse and Heisenberg the whole time. Like everyone else, amazing. Who and Don't who? get me wrong, but it was just yeah. like those two. Yeah, for me it was really the Holly show. Like I, <laughs> I was just like, what you know? What's this baby going to major in college? Right. Um, what kind of friends or adventures is the baby going to get into? Is it going to be like a different world um, yeah. where she came um, from? Probably will be a different world. Um, okay. That, well, uh, before, that before, before we actually do spoil something. Um, so the idea was just to talk about the end of the show, but also to talk about the beginning of the show. And, and really uh, we got, we got a great email from uh, Michael Henderson um, mm-hmm. who basically asked a bunch of questions that I think are, well, they were kind of questions I wanted to talk to you about anyway. 
regarding yeah. the show. So I'm just going to read his email if that's cool with you, Gary. Yeah, read them and, and stop after the questions. We'll answer the questions as they come up. Man, no, I want to do all the questions and oh, okay. answer them all kind of organically. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> also, I'll, I'll, I say we answer them, and then if the listeners can guess what the questions were. Okay. Um, yeah. No, that, that's fine. We read the email, read away. Okay. Hey, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed the pitch. Thank you very much. Uh, the 45th episode was a spectacular retrospective of the show. Uh, for those that don't know the 45th episode, you should go back and listen to it. But that's the episode where everything fell apart and we were sent to jail, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and okay, so and it was a great way to look back at everything your team had accomplished. In particular, I like the general tone of the show. The person being pitched to was always super excited about the product, and almost all suggestions were met with extreme enthusiasm. This uh, this led to a sort of building level of ridiculousness that was fun to listen to. Thank you again, Michael Henderson. Uh, you, some talking points. One, can you talk about the process of making the show? It seems like the person being pitched to would generally lead the pitcher with a series of questions, but was at the same time not entirely aware of where the discussion would go. How did you decide to go with this format? Uh, two, where did Josh Groban obsession come from? We get actually like of the three questions that we got, uh, they were all Josh Grobans. Um, <laughs> I heard his name on the radio the other day and saying his catchphrase out loud, much to the confusion of my girlfriend. Three, uh, what were some of your favorite episodes aside from the 45th episode? My favorite pitches were probably our house and Dory do's and Dory don'ts. And for, are you two planning on working on anything together in the future? Thanks again for all of your many contributions to modern society. Keep finging those bugs. And remember, Gary, it's not the quality, or I'm sorry, the quantity of your bugs that you can fing that counts, rather the quality of the fings per bug. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Michael Henderson. It was very sweet of you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Michael. To say those nice things about something that I was a uh, part of. Which is uh, it's just kind of strange. I'm not. I I grew up in a very unsupportive family. I have a very uh, thankless work life. So naturally, I thought <laughs> podcasting would be the way to finally get the affirmation sure. that I needed in my life. Yeah, that's how that's how that works. Um, <laughs> no, I I also had a shitty home life, and uh, and also have an unsatisfying work life. And the, uh, you know, all the general, all the podcasting I've been doing has helped make that feel better. Um, specifically with the pitch and then also, uh, the idea of a hollow though. Um, those are complete works as opposed to something like Watch Out for Fireballs or Bonfireside Chat right. um, or any of the other shows I've done. Um, so it is, it does feel different and, and I'm very proud of those shows because they do kind of tell weirdly enough complete stories. Um, yeah. both of those shows have, have an arc to them and it makes, you know, I'm very proud of them. So, and that's not the easiest thing for me to say. I hate self-promotion and I'm not a, not that guy, but uh, I do, I love the pitch and consistently is, you know, when it's out of a lot of things I do that I think are are pretty good. It's one, it's, you know, my favorite or very high up there. So. Ah, gee, thanks Gary. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Uh, it's also, you know, the, with, with abject suffering, probably the most fun thing to record. So. Yeah. Well, it Mm -hmm. was really short and simple at the beginning. But, uh, Gary, I wanted to ask you, and this kind of goes into Michael Henderson's first question. For those of you Mm -hmm. who don't remember, please rewind. Um, Do you remember, because I think I have an idea, but do you remember where the actual full-out origins of the pitch and the dino pitch came from? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, no, no. I mean, I, I know, I know why I wanted to do a show with you, but I don't remember the specific uh, things okay. about it. Well, um, the, re- think... the reason, or um, just the reason being that um, when I moved to Portland um, and I was doing the Dino Cast, which is my old show, that if people who don't know this can find it on uh, GaryButterfield.net, um, I it was hard to get everyone together, so I wanted to do something that was a, a one-on-one show. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that was why I know I wanted to do a one-on-one show, and uh, you know, love me some Braden. But I don't remember the specific origins of it. I really, I don't know if this is an actual specific true origin or just something I remember being like maybe the seed that was planted. But it was during the episode of uh, the DinoCast and we were doing the, I believe it was the Dr. Pepper taste test. It might have been the grapple episode. Sure. But they're very kind of similar because I think that was the same day, right? Yes. They might even be the same episode. But (laughs) anyway. They are the same day. But I was talking specifically to you, Gary, about uh, this thing I saw on television, and it's um, like basically a device that you use to trim or grind down the nails of your uh, pet. So that it's called the Petipaw. And, yes. uh, and <laughs> I talked to you about how if one letter changed, it became a completely <laughs> different horrifying object that became the pedo paw and which yeah, we the then pitched the idea uh, the pedo paw if you're british right uh <laughs> we then pitched the idea that it's basically like this doll's baby you know baby doll's arm <laughs> on a stick that you use to masturbate with which you know admittedly <laughs> is a terrible thing to make jokes about and like now that i'm far older and more sensitive and understand that these are things that happen to real people uh like i would never joke about that now but however hilarious yeah, at the age of 26, um, <laughs> 20, you know, it seemed like a, very, a good idea at the time. I do remember that. If uh, I think that if you're going to take a chance on an episode of, of the DinoCast, I think that's probably the one to do. Um, because it goes really far out there, but it's, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that is, that is a, good, a good point. And I, I think that that is probably the origin. Yeah. The, uh, and then, uh, yeah. so we started doing the, the Dino pitch, which was... Again, we kind of wanted to do like 10, 15 minute episodes, right? And mm-hmm. much like every project that uh, I think you and I have done, or maybe just you have done, each episode seems to be longer than the last one. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I, I become point, in love with yeah. myself and refuse to edit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and we just, yeah. we kind of get more comfortable with it too, I think. Yeah. Um, so we did, we did, I think, I mean, I honestly believe, and I'm glad that you re-released those because like those theme songs that you came up with with our like original ridiculous items mm-hmm. are incredible. Oh, well, thank like, you. Mastermate, Shave Cave, uh, and of course, uh, Backpacula, which yeah. still <laughs> is, I think, my greatest idea I've ever had. I, I agree. That That is my favorite thing that I was going to, when he asked what our favorite things were, I was gonna, actually going to mention that because that is my favorite individual product. Um, the, originally, when we started doing the regular pitch, I had the idea I wanted to do a theme song for each episode and mm-hmm. just did not end up having time. But I thought that would be really fun um, to release that with it um, yeah. and also as a songwriting exercise to, to keep. Because I, I feel like if uh, if it were a career that people went into, like I would be really happy writing jingles. Um, yeah, and you'd be great uh, at it, assuming that they allowed you to be as weird as you are. Yeah, <laughs> which they wouldn't. So yeah. therefore, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, well. But the, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 super fun. Like that's a really satisfying way for uh to me to write uh to write music. 
Um, the original, the first uh, pitch style jingle, and it was the first commercial. That one of them was for that URLs mm-hmm. uh, jingle, if you remember. Yeah, um, that was the first thing I did for that, but not product <laughs> related. Um, but the uh, yeah, so and that, that's a little song about the using URLs if you want to access the internet. Yeah, and um, what does URL it's a good even stand for? Do you know? Um, I think it stands for uh, nope, like universal registry <laughs> log or something, language like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. universal. Yeah, people people are going crazy. Like there are people yeah. who know what this is who are just saying it over and over right now. They're just like um, punching the their iPods or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just swallowing their iPod in fury. Who has an iPod anymore? What if like this is well, how I, behind I am on, on technology? In my scenario they swallowed it, so it's gotta be a yeah. nano. Uh, well, <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise um, passing it is going to be difficult. Uh, yeah. So going back to some more of Michael Henderson's questions about the format specifically, yeah. um, you know, I, it's kind of like, I think it's just kind of that most of what we did was straight improv, you know, like we kind of came up with a rough outline for all of our episodes and like, you know, rule number one in uh, in improv, which I've never taken a class. I just, um, you know, have watched enough television to know that, this is what the rule is, mm-hmm. is, is yes. Anding. So like the yeah. idea of being excited about someone else's product is probably the easiest way. Like if I was just like counteracting Gary and saying like, no, you have to do it this way. It would be too much like my job. Yeah. Well, and there'd be no, like, it would be too much like actually like a product pitch meeting. <laughs> right. You know, there's no, uh, yeah. And, and I also guess. like, and I know you, you are a little bit more reserved than I am in, in this manner. I think, um, when I try to be, uh, when I am trying to be funny, um, I don't like. There's not really a too far for, for me, and I don't mean like too far like an Andrew Dice Clay, kind okay. of sense. But like I, you know, I don't, uh, you know, there's not really a ceiling for like I like it real silly, you know, mm. like that. That's really and and you do too as well. Um, but it, it's pretty rare that I feel like okay, well let's not uh let's not go there, you know, just in general. <laughs> like, sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we did come up with Phelpsy after all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is monumentally. Well, here's the other. Here's the other secret, is that we're both idiots, and we we like things that are, like it doesn't take much for for either of us to think it's very funny, um, which includes things like oh this kind of rhymes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and that's it. Like I would say probably like fully half. And if you if you like the show, if you listen to this, um, and you aren't fans of us on Twitter, you should go back and read our 400 tweets that are all just mini episodes of the pitch, yeah. essentially. Um, but they're, they're just, a lot of them are just a rhyming thing. <laughs> Straight up. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I know, I, I remember what you, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, like if anyone ever actually reviewed our, uh, our podcast, you know, and like put it into some sort of podcast journal or whatnot, it would be like two idiots that love rhymes make each other laugh or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so me and me and Braden, like we'd come up with these things just through like chatting. Like we both have crushing uh, soulless jobs and are on GChat all day, and then we'd just kind of like throw things back and forth, or things would just kind of come up, um, be it a concept or an actual name, yeah. and then uh, kind of process-wise, we would write up like kind of a rough outline that usually would be kind of bullet points mm-hmm. that would be on the back of the package for the thing. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. So. And with the idea just that we'll just come up with more on the spot. Um, Brayden actually, like for unusual for a show that I did, Brayden edited this. Um, mm-hmm. How much editing would you say you did of actual content as opposed to just editing out the, the beginning and ending? 
Yeah, at the beginning, it was like a lot. It was basically like a one hour, one episode would take me like two hours or so. Um, but that was because I was like really, if you'll notice, like just by the old episodes, like I was cutting out us laughing and I was cutting out like the ums and uhs and like awkward spaces. And I was trying to clean it up as much as possible. And then, of course, later it got, I was, I didn't care. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, I just, and also, I found out like from some other friends that listened to the show, like they actually liked it when we made each other laugh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, I mean, if we're enjoying it, we might as well enjoy it and let everybody else enjoy it. And also, our laughter kind of created a break for everyone else. Like, specifically mm-hmm. around like um, the uh, Pepsi Excuse Me episode, there's one joke that you know, if I would redo the whole thing, I would include you laughing or me laughing after it. Because unfortunately the joke just gets kind of run over. And mm-hmm. uh, so like after, yeah. after those episodes when we, I decided to loosen up a bit, uh, most of the episodes would only take me as long as the episode was plus like 10 minutes to edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and something and, and somebody who's been doing podcasts for a long time and listens to a lot of podcasts. Um, I'm very sensitive to over editing. Um, and I'm not saying you were doing that necessarily, but I think that letting, uh, like natural flow is more important than cleanliness, cleanliness in podcasting. And I go cleanliness. That's what I want. Um, (laughs) yeah. So like if I listen to a podcast and it's very, very heavily edited, I can usually hear it. And, uh, you know, I want to listen to people talk. That's kind of generally what I'm doing. So sure. Um, why I'm there. Yeah. No, I'm Mm -hmm. with you. Uh, So that pretty much covers like the formatting ideas. Um, How about Josh Groban? Do you, do you know the origin of Josh Groban? Cause I, I'm guessing at what it is. Um, You, you came up with it. It was yours. Yeah. I I know that that, like, basically I have a real weird way of thinking about everything, everything. Like I'm very analytic when it comes down to stuff. I mean, I was a philosophy student and like basically went to school to learn how to break things like with my mind. Um, so I mean, if I want to like get like real professor X about it, like that's kind of what I did. And, um, uh, so like, uh, to give you a good example of like what I'm about to talk about is like, I wrote a story. It's a really short story called candy mountain. And in the story, it's basically like these two kids that go off to find this mountain made out of candy. But along the way, the entire story is written, uh, with all these like, um, John Mellencamp quotes um, mm-hmm. just because it's hilarious. And uh, so I wrote a second one. It was a, like a part two. And I pretty much in my head had it all written out, like what was going to be done. But I, it took me like a week and a half to figure out who would be a comparable John Kellen- Mellencamp in this case. Like, <laughs> like I was like, it had to be from the same era. It had to be basically the same type of music, but it couldn't be too popular. Uh, so like Bruce Springsteen was out. Um, so I, like I ended up with Phil Collins, which I felt was like good, but it was the same kind of thing where I was like, what is like the weirdest, uh, but most realistic, um, sponsor that we could come up with for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I came up with Josh Groban. <laughs> well, so, so Josh Groban has uh, a couple things in his favor. Um, mm-hmm. one, his name is really funny. So the, the uh, Groban is a really funny name. Like it, it sounds like a space emperor already, even before Josh Grobnox came into into play. Um, it also sounds like a uh, like you know run in or fun in. 
or he's just been, you know, there goes Ryman, Simon, like there goes Groban, 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 Groban. Yeah, there goes Groban, Groban. Um, so it is a very funny name. Um, it's also incongruous enough. But the thing that I think makes it work is that the uh, is, is leads into your point one is that is just commitment. So if, if we had just been like, let's do this thing and did a one off, it wouldn't be funny. But the Josh Groban thing to me got funnier because we kept doing it and oh, yeah. it just kind of kept coming up. And that's why. And then working into the mythos uh, was what what made that work for me. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, we decided early on. I was like, if we because I I mean, you didn't really play the Mass Effect series as much, but like in Mass Effect 2 in one of my favorite things, and it's not like an actual, it's one of those things that just kind of makes me giggle a little bit. It's like mm-hmm. when you go to the Citadel and you're Shepard and Shepard's already saved the universe once. So you can go to each store, not, yeah, each store and uh, an option comes up if you're playing kind of a good guy to say, my name's Shepard, uh, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my absolute favorite shop on the Citadel. <laughs> and like, and the thing is, is like you say that at every one, and then you keep going back to the Citadel over and over and over. <laughs> so you keep going into the shop, and you hear the recording of you saying it over and over and over again. So I was like, I wanted to do that sort of thing, like where where he says that this product, this one product, is the his absolute favorite product, but so is every other product. And he says it in the exact same cadence. Right. Um, you know, in the same same song, which makes it funny. Um, and it became like there's funny things about the Josh Groban uh, character that uh, we came up with that we never discussed. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he sings everything he says, like we didn't talk about that. It's just this assumption that like, oh, yeah, of course, Josh Groban doesn't speak. He sings everything because he's a golden throated Lothario. And yeah. <laughs> that's how he would work. If I um, sing like Josh Groban, I would never speak again either. No, he shouldn't even use Twitter. He should just like upload dot waves. Yeah, sound just, just Vine was made for him to speak yeah. to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should mention, too, because we didn't even give him, I don't think we even gave him credit in the, the last episode, is that Cole yeah. uh, does the voice of Josh yeah, Groban. Cole Ross is uh, amazing. And, like, to give him even extra credit, and I think I've told him this in person, or, well, not in person, but, like, told him this, is that occasionally my name is Josh Groban and this is my absolute favorite product will get stuck in my head and I'll be like saying, singing it to myself at the store and uh, you know, like in weird social situations, much like Michael Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did a really great job with that. So it's super catchy and uh, yeah, it is perfect and became a, a, a concise soundbite. Um, yeah, so other than the Josh Groban episodes, which are clearly, you know, that first one with Josh Groban is, is a favorite of mine. Um, Josh what are, Groban. Yeah. <laughs> um, he sings his what, own name in the background whenever you say his name. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what, are, what, are, what are some favorites of yours, Brayden? Uh, well, I, you know, I really feel like when, uh, maybe my absolute favorite is still Pepsi Excuse Me. And I, I, I think it's where, one, you and I both realized that we had something amazing kind of going. And, like, I hate to be kind of like, oh, man, we knew that the dream had come alive. Like, I yeah, don't want to be that. We should just like, claim from the top of this that, like, we were under no illusions that we're, like, getting a yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award at the Kennedy Center or anything. Right. No, um, it's, for this. 
it's just like we finally like I feel like that's the moment when the show where you and I both realized that like the show wasn't work anymore. Like, I mean, not that it was ever work, but it was like, mm-hmm. oh, the show is actually like we're producing something good. Um, mm-hmm. And then like to get the confirmation of having uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but uh, someone made that video of it was Michael Taylor. You, yeah, Michael Taylor made that Coke Fuck You video, which was hilarious. And I was like, no one's yeah. ever made a thing from a thing that I was in. Like, so mm-hmm. it's really exciting. Um, yeah. yeah. So, of course, that was a favorite. Um, man, there were so many. That I They'll just keep coming up. Like, of course, uh, Jam and Cream was uh, a thing that probably had me giggling forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not even an episode. That's just uh... that's, that's a joke that I, like, intentionally had to put like a two minute outro just to make sure that like <laughs> the episode made sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because, because yeah, uh, Gary wanted to eat ice cream really fast. Cause it, it was, was hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. I need to cool down quick. Nothing like jam and some cream in that yeah. case. And then that became a thing thing in Bugs, which yeah. worked its way into, uh, you know, my favorite episode of pilot season, which is another show. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, it's coming back and, and just a fun, fun little in jokes way that yeah. builds up on itself. Um, yeah, you know what's interesting? I think that I was thinking of like kind of trivia wise. I think that Pepsi Excuse Me might have come out of the uh, the episodes we actually lost. Hmm. Like we recorded two versions of I think it was Pizza Panties and Teeth for yeah. Brushers. Um, we recorded right. an early version of those and lost the recording, or I lost mm-hmm. the recording. Is my fault. Um, but so we had to put them off and record the ideas later. Um, they ended up being totally different than they, they actually were, but I feel like that might be where Pepsi, excuse me, came from. Yeah. Like we might have not been able to do the thing we had. And then the idea of just like a soda that politely (laughs) announces itself. Um, I I honestly, I think one of the reasons that that works is that going into that episode, I really did. And I said it in the episode too, but I really did believe that Pepsi wasn't like politely announcing that it was there. It was politely apologizing for the fact that it was Pepsi. (laughs) It's Pepsi. (laughs) And I feel like, did we record that around the time of like the Super Bowl or something? Because like, there's not, there's not a better time in the year to see way too many Coke commercials and just be really annoyed at like how pleasant and America and family Coke is. But like, that's, I guess, I mean, the idea that they became the villain and like Pepsi, who's like the edgy youthful one is ends up being like the polite funny daddy. <laughs> Other than RC condolences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think RC condolences is just kind of confused about its identity. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that is, uh, also, also a favorite of mine. Um, yeah, I like the um, I like the Pokemon one. Um, <laughs> just because you loved you making Pokemon puns. <laughs> yeah, any of them that just have list of dumb puns. The same thing with the Estes Eatery. Um, any of them um, that are just dumb. Again, Gary loves rhymes. Yeah. Um, like those are always going to be be friends or you know for, be friends of mine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to like those episodes those yeah. are my favorites and, too like and my, my uh, favorite one that you or that 
Or, yeah, yeah, Boost Foods is great. My favorite one that was definitely, because so we alternate more or less. Like we're both kind of responsible for half of the genesises of, of these, even though, you know, each of them, you know, would be shitty without the other one. Uh, my favorite that was definitely a uh, Brayton idea was Speed Marriage. Um, <laughs> because, like, one, <laughs> um, I feel like that got, you know, probably a little bit too silly and <laughs> had some things that we had to work into the fiction um, with the disorderlies in our space base. Um, people. Well, that's, um, I think that's when like you and I, like it's, it's a lot of hindsight, but you and I realized, uh, I think after that episode, I specifically realized that like we were breeding an army of like brainwashed mutants to rule the world. Like, yeah, we like, were we bad were guys doing really super sinister stuff. And that's when we decided like, Oh man, what if we do an episode where we go to prison? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which is also one of my, my favorites too. Is that the one where we yeah. go to, go to prison. That's re- that's really fun. And it just has a different energy. Like we're just, you know, panicky idiots about it. Yeah. And that's fun. And we, it's, it's interesting on that episode. Cause we mentioned every single item that we had on the pitch, except for one. Which one do we miss? The Shishugatex. Shishugatex. No, like the slipstream gravity. Clean tapestry concept. The, the slide-matic slipstream gravity clean tapestry concept. So should it, Why do so you remember that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like, um, based, like, those early episodes, like, um, and, and, you know, actually even the later episodes, like, I really str- tried to not have all of my products be about sex or poop. Like, because that was like all of my products in the original dino pitch. So like coming up with things was like a, my challenge to sugar tags, the like eco pal, which is a favorite, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that where like, I really wanted to just like not do poop all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of poop in the, uh, in the, the pitch classic, which you've heard, but we got older. So that, that's a 20-year-old's mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and this is from a season 33-year-old, 32-year-old, 33-year-old. So it makes a big difference. And then, you know, four years before that, we were making the, the, the pedipaw. <laughs> so you can see a real progression yeah. <laughs> in the sense of Gary, the humor. Can we, and, since we just brought up our age now, can we talk about our ages on the show? Yeah. Well, it, a lot of this stuff, like if there is like a an origin to it, it's just that yes ending. Yeah. Um, but there's fun, and this happens in improv that I listen to because a lot of comedy podcasts are all improv. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I've never taken a class either. I don't actually know this. I just kind of, you know, intuit it. But part of the fun, once you get comfortable, is putting the other person into situations, mm-hmm. which is where the where your age came from. Well, it's also like, where uh, your age came from. Yeah, no, that's, that's I, yeah. I remember. Like, I can't remember exactly where mine because I knew I had a wife and kids, and I think I came up with that, and maybe you gave me the number. Yeah, but I definitely uh, boxed you in as a as a sixteen year old, yeah, like at some was, point. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was a two episode thing because we always recorded the episodes uh, two at a time, uh, and then mm-hmm. we, you know, edit them and whatnot. And in one episode, towards the end, I had mentioned that you were like fifty or forty eight or whatever. Forty five. And the next, yeah, forty five. And then the next episode, it was like two minutes in, and you're like, I know you're a strapping sixteen year old, and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I like, <laughs> mentioned that I had an apartment, that I was like relatively wealthy, like <laughs> all that's kind of like, which we then like retroconned in the idea that I was like a teenage drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then that went away when yeah. we forgot. 
because um, yeah. we didn't like, keep notes or anything. Much much <laughs> like uh, my girlfriend who uh, decided that she wanted to also be gendered a, uh, a man, uh, mm. <laughs> so yeah. she became my boyfriend. <laughs> And that was <laughs> it was just hard to keep up because I actually had a girlfriend at the time. I still have one, mm-hmm. same same one. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was just uh, it was hard to reference her in real life. But then also remember that in, her, in my fake life, she's a man. Yes. Yes. By decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that is how the, the AIDS thing came about. And also, like, man, does it make. Like, I don't know, I can't remember if we actually talked about it, but it makes, like, the how do these two people hook up thing really strange. Like, if you if, if someone were to, like, draw a picture of it. Like, yeah, considering, like, in later episodes, we're both talking about how we both basically went to the same college and both tried to date the same girl, Fancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, did uh, Fancy then become Shaquille, who was then... Groban and then no, back to uh, Shaquille. Shaquille is, is is separate from Fancy. Fancy, okay. I think that I, I specifically said I never quite, never quite made it with. Um, and that's have, part of why you didn't have the uh, Grobzebo. Yeah, I didn't have the Grobzebo, and that's part of the reason why it didn't work out for me and Shaquille. Other than my latent uh, like Grobophilia, which was <laughs> like the the subplot of me rebranding everything I love. <laughs> Some very, uh, you know, some variation like, on that name. I like the idea that basically you actually loved Josh Groban uh, enough that you were naming your kids originally Groban and Groby and stuff, and then we had the opportunity to work with him, and it was always yeah. me that was hanging out with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it hurt so much when he uh, when he ditched us. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he goes into my apartment at the end because he realized he loved me too. Yeah, yeah, it all makes sense. In the yeah. story. Uh, okay, so um, what are we planning on working together in the future? We're going to answer that later at the yeah. end of the episode, right? Let um, me give you a real quick preview. <laughs> and continue. <laughs> um, well, okay, well, I wanted to, to really like talk about some of the... like. Um, uh, the callbacks that we had a lot of, like Pepsi, Behendren to Hennen, your family mm-hmm. life, uh, teenage dirtbag, Peter Cetera, Doritos. Sure. Um, I mean, we kind of covered Gro- Groban, but of course, there's always room for more Groban. Uh, finging and buging, um, <laughs> or yeah. jamming and finging, rather. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and bugs. Yeah, and bugs in general. <laughs> yeah, just bugs. Um, yeah, so um, just like the easy Behahendrendendrahenen uh, is from uh, Did I Bahala, mm-hmm. um, which is a, just my the fictional town that I made for that show. Um, and I just made it because I wanted it to be hard to say. Um, and that's the only only reason <laughs> behind problem, that. Yeah, the problem you ran into was that you got so good at saying it perfectly that now you can't accidentally <laughs> say it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't fuck it up. Um, <laughs> that is <laughs> that is true. Um yeah, and I think that you, uh, the very first episode that features Behendrendendrahenen, uh, um, I think you're on, because yeah. I think that you are uh, the you know the interviewee for the uh, the hobo. Oh uh, sure, the, the Hort, Hortense B. Soundheim. Well, so that, that's the uh, the guy who's doing the musical. Oh right. But um, you are, I think that yeah, you're just the the hobologist, uh, Doctor Bryce Groden. Yeah, I'm a Groden yeah. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Doctor Doctor Brace. Um, <laughs> Brace Gordon. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's my character in um, in that other episode of pilot season? Was I like Trace Groden or? Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I was another Groden. I remember that. Yeah. We yeah. made fun of Charles Groden. Yes. Yeah. Which again is just a funny name, and yeah. it sounds like you're 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 Groben or running or doing or funning. Yeah. It just had any any name that ends in N is funny to me. Sure. Um. So that one's easy. Other things that popped up, I think that they were just things that like were on our mind or or yeah. saw. You know, it's like Pepsi, I just think, is inherently funnier than Coke, Um, you know, because it's kind of the sad also ran, you know. Um, Same thing with Doritos. Uh, You know, Doritos are big gaming culture. I think, like, Teenage teenage Dirtbag came back a couple times and, like, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically talking to a friend of mine who had listened to the show was like, oh, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny when it came back once. And then it came back, like, three more times. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. Not in the same episode. It would be like eight episodes apart, and we would like bring it back. And that's, that's who we uh, are. It's mostly because uh, a lot of the shows, a lot of the, you know, we did kind of warm up, and by that we just kind of talk back and forth to each other. And that warm up um, from we chat all day on G Chat with each other, and then when we come, you know, we would come home to our to our homes, and we would get on the computer and then start chatting to each other again. And that would just turn into sending uh, YouTube links back and forth, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. As you do. And, and uh, that specific YouTube link turning, going back and forth spawned from the, uh, oh, why can't I remember the name of it? I wanted to call it the Throatoscope, the Pleasure Throat episode. Yeah. But we were trying <laughs> yeah. to find the perfect song to fit in. Uh, and we were like doing mm-hmm. Peter Cetera songs. And uh, like ridiculous, you know. Obviously, there's like that Toto solo in there, mm. <laughs> and um, and that also just turned into like Power Man 5000 and Teenage Dirtbag and all those music videos I used to watch when I was like, you know, uh, 15 to 25 mm. <laughs> on MTV. Yep. yep, yep, yep. And the uh, and and Power Man 5000 has a permanent place in my heart because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Right. So I, I oftentimes think about what it's like when worlds collide. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which may or may not actually be a Power Man 5000 song, but it is in my brain. Do you? The, uh, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> worlds collide is a Power Man. It's the, the Power okay. Man 5000 song. Okay, good. I, I, for a second, I was like, I'm not actually totally sure about that. Yeah. But I think about that song or that, you know, that, that phrase all the time in that cadence. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's <laughs> just a quick what little. what it's like when worlds yeah. collide. Um, and this is a quick little YouTube jump to, to land on Weedus. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's some, like someone composed like a, or compiled like a best of the nineties thing. And that was on there. Yeah. And like, the, well, you, you know, being me, me live, like, and yeah. that stuff all shows up in the related videos for live videos and live yeah. for some reason is an endless source of amusement to me. It's, um, you know, I can't think of a band. I mean, unless you count like specifically like the BGs in the seventies, like I cannot think of a single band that best describes a decade and does not exist outside of that decade. Like, <laughs> like there is not a single live song that you could be like, oh yeah, that was nineteen eighty eight. Like no, every single live song sounds like nineteen ninety three. Like and there's no other song. Like that's it. Even stuff they released after the nineties all sounds the same. Well, it either sounds like 93 or 94. Like, selling the drama sounds like 93. Lakini's yeah. juice sounds like 94. And there are no yeah. points in between. 
Yeah, it all sounds like uh, you know playing the Star Wars role role playing game in your friend's basement, who you didn't really like that much, but he let you come over and play the Star Wars role playing game. Unless I'm the copper. Well, yeah, and and uh, my other friend was way into Lakini's Jews at the time, so. Yeah, like not not necessarily the song, just the street drug. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, Secret uh, Samadhi. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, For something like some of those '90s songs are very funny to me, and I wonder if that just happens every generation where like Mm -hmm. the stuff that they were unironically into at the time, like just becomes you know they realize how dumb it is and then think it's really funny. Like the last time I went back to Illinois, I got a lot of mileage over uh, like at the the scrambler we did. At telling Andy Harold I, I had a secret for him and mm-hmm. having him come over. And if you're in a loud music venue, you have to get really close. And then when he got really close to, you know, when his ear got close to my mouth, I'd, I'd sing the lyrics to uh, Shine by Collective Soul. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whispering that in his ear was very funny to me. So. No, no. That's tough. Yeah, I think. Those are I think we were the right age to find that like, like this is, and I think the nineties was just like a decade where I remember like, it was like the third, it was like January 3rd and someone down my street and you've been to like my parents' house. Like, you know, it was like in the middle of suburbia, like mm-hmm. someone on the street, like wrote spray painted nineties rule. Like, like <laughs> it was January third, nineteen ninety, and someone had spray painted that on the street, and it was like the idea of people being like so into the idea that it was the nineties during the nineties was like a it was a big thing, and like kind of being a very impressionable age like we were, like I think we it was hard not to buy into it at the time, but then to come back out of it later and be like, man, that was hilarious. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And in a way, I haven't seen replicated. You yeah. know, like nobody has been like the 2010s rule. You yeah. know, <laughs> like we're we're right, much more you know, yeah, cynical people now. I think I think there's that, and I think it's because it's not like the end of anything. Like when, when 2019 rolls around, it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, who gives a fuck? Right. Well, you know, also, there's the fact that the economy's in the toilet, and like you know, American <laughs> life is crumbling as we speak. Are you sure? Are you so, sure that's yeah. it? Yeah, I that, that could also be part of it. I really um, think it's just a lack of bucket hats. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Well, they, they haven't gone away. They're just at Cabana Charlie's. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do um, you know where the, the Doritos came from real quick? Uh, no, just I just think they're they're funny. I think it's just um, like they're, Doritos, they're, Locos, Tacos time. And yeah, we decided to hop yeah. on that bandwagon. Yeah, and then also like in in Watch Out for Fireballs, Cole's friend who called the characters from Final Fantasy VII Dorito people, um, <laughs> you know, always was, was funny to me. So yeah, it's just like you know, the, the, yeah, yeah. You know, like I think Doritos and Doritos is actually a hilarious ad campaign that Doritos should take. Like that's a very, the idea of there being Doritos and Doritos. If they is want really it, I will sell it to them for a dollar or a bag of Doritos. No, sell it for way more than that. Doritos got deep pockets. No, no, man. They, it's so good, I want them to have it. Okay. I, w- I would be very flattered. As long as our face could be on each individual Dorito in the back. <laughs> like the like back. little dots on the Doritos were shaped into our faces. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, uh, a long time ago, I used to listen to um, Loveline, you know, because uh, I was uh, an idiot. And, uh, and 
And it was a big thing. Dr. Drew would like, basically you could go to his website or you could like call him or whatever. And he would send you free condoms. And I was like, man, what if these, like the only reason I would want these free condoms from Dr. Drew is if they had his face on them. Like on the tip of them. Yes, so it looked course, like some kind of like, 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 like a Dr. Drew Naga, your yeah. penis would turn into. <laughs> Well, not like a Shroud of Turin thing. I kind of always imagined it just being like, you know, just kind of resting on the tip, not like stretched over the full head or anything. Like... Not me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of it being a straight up like serpent from Dark Souls, but with Dr. Sorry. Drew. Like the like the uh, serpent guy's mouth from... Uh, yeah. From, Ooh, like... Sorry, fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Nope. That would be, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like like wearing uh, the idea of making a con- company that makes uh, custom condoms that have your face on them like that yeah. reminds me of how Ninja Turtles are always driving around with motorcycles to have giant versions of their heads instead of <laughs> steering columns. Right. It all comes from the same company, which is the company that makes M and M's with your costumes? initials on oh. them. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true for weddings. Yeah. So so send out a, a condom with your face on it for next time you have a wedding paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let's talk about, real quick, though, um, so one of the things, and I, I don't want to totally speak for you, but one of the things about the pitch uh, that I love about it is that, in a weird way, one of the shows I've done is the angriest show uh, that I've done, because I think that there is very little difference in some of the things that we have pitched and actual uh, products sure. that I am being marketed to um, with a straight face and I hate, uh, advertising and marketing. Um, yeah. and so this, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's actually like kind of high minded or satire, but I hate that shit. And I hope that came through in the show. Like this is as stupid as most of that stuff is, you know, and a lot yeah. of the, like the individual tactics and everything and log lines that we came up with come from a lifetime of being kind of, asked to accept that stuff, which is just absurd. Right, exactly. And I think that uh, there's a lot of parts, specifically you mentioned speed marriage, where like I'm, you know, where we were appealing to such a specific demographic that was like, you know, like certain products are just like, we can change this one dude's life uh, and he will Mm -hmm. pay a huge amount of money when we decide to get him in a speed marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, because the premise of advertising is that every, you know, that that you need this one thing and this is what it is, right. you know? So like by expanding the audience of that to not try to make things universal, but try to make them very specific. Like one of the things, and I used to say it more about the dino pitch than the natural pitch, but it's both true are very, very, very specific solutions to very, very specific problems. Um, you know, as opposed to any kind of general <laughs> appeal. Duster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, if you haven't listened to that one is if you, Huh. If you have to do a business meeting, but you also want to show that you're authentic to country roots, it is a suit from the top, but then turns into a duster. Well, so from specifically, the, from like the... if you had a video conference with your like, yeah. you owned a ranch and you had a video conference with like your backers in New York. So you had to kind yeah. of dress like, uh, like from the nipples up. Like yeah, you like were a city slicker ready... from the nipples up. But you didn't want anyone else who happened to be walking by your conference room in your ranch, uh, like to realize, to think less of you, like you turned into a city slicker. Sure. Yeah. And, and so, so that very, like taking that audience and 
breaking it down to one person that not only just one person, but one person that does not exist. Like that is not a problem <laughs> that has ever happened. Uh, like, um, is not that different than like what I feel most advertising actually is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We kind of did it backwards because uh, sometimes we created problems to make products for, um, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, sometimes not that far off. No, there there are genuine, there are tons of products, like especially in the first season, that are actual problems that I have. Like the throatoscope is something I think about every day. Or the, yeah. the skin sham. I think about the skin sham like twice a week. Sure. Yeah? Like, you know, oh, it would just be amazing to be able to wipe my glasses, you know, wherever I'm at any time. Um, and the tagline, the solution is, get the, shit, yeah, so, the skin sham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So... Some of that stuff I think about all the time. Like yeah, actual I don't, solutions. I don't know how much it got into the episode or not, but like that's where the Lunchables uploaded. Like you spotted that. I don't know why that exists. Like who's uploading Lunchables into yeah, their face? Yeah, so it's so fucking stupid. It's <laughs> such a like uh, you know somebody's like sixty-five-year-old uncle was like. Oh, you kids are always uploading. Ah, like yeah, <laughs> came up with is, that idea. Marketing and advertising is inherently out of touch with any kind of reality, I think, right. is what we're, we're picking up on. And that's where that dumb enthusiasm comes from in the show, because all of the products are, you know, at best harmful to the people who buy them and use them. <laughs> at best. So, like, you know, but we just think, you know, we think that we've we've just got it because we know we know one thing that is unrelated to the actual problem. Like, um, you know, uh, like sometimes I have to, to spread goober grape, you know, and, and that's inconvenient. That's Thank all. That's all. We, that yeah. So that's all we have to think about is that sometimes goober grape, you have to spread it. And then coming up with like, and is this a good way to do it? Nope. But coming up with a way that, uh, and I can't remember what the dark side of the Gemini is. That might be one of the most straight up things that we've done. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's extraordinarily stupid and narrow. Like, yeah, yeah, it is just very, very narrow. And no one would ever want to spend money on it. Like, yeah, it's based on the premise that one, America loves goober grape, and two, that's all they eat is goober grape right. sandwiches. Which, which are the kind of dumb you know, kind of fact, you know, info bits that like the marketing guy who did Lunchables uploaded might know. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Tommy, come to dinner. Oh, I can't. I'm uploading this video. Uploading, eh? And then yeah. that sounds kind of futuristic. How about it's uploading so, you know, Lunchable? Yeah, into your stomach. It's upload. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It just like, yeah. I, it makes me so mad. Like, I'm not, yeah. not actual mad like I lose sleep, but like, you know, this is the world we live in. It's ridiculous. Right. It's yeah, I mean I can imagine the actual like kind of Gemini if it was a real thing. Like the pitch on it would be like a legitimate like someone would bring up the statistic like fifteen uh, percent of American moms buy goober grape. That's you know, twenty three point seven million uh moms. Uh that translates into this much money, but like they're using regular knives. These moms are busy on the go. Here's some like equivalent data that I see that like Fifteen uh, percent of moms are also uh, strain, have strained marriages due to not having enough time at home, and like you know, like this saves them six point eight seconds. Yep, that they could. So I mean, we we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, mustard mayonnaise and mayo stirred from Mr. <laughs> Show, which are a clear influence on like everything I do every day, right. and that's that's the same basic idea. Like just you know, 
Um, or just like a Mr. Show and, and Tim and Eric, which are both comedy shows that I really love and have a huge amount of contempt yeah. for this, uh, this idea, this kind of, you know, this entire profession, like an yeah. entire professional wing of people that just kind of just ask you just to swallow the dumbest fucking shit. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's really just, it's, um, I, I can't remember exactly where it came from and I really wish I did, but it was like someone was talking about, um, this concert that was on MTV and it was the, you know, it was the 2004 or something like that, 2003, 2004, maybe it was even sooner, 2002. Um, it was the strokes were doing a concert presented by Levi's and it was like a big Levi's logo. And they were like, this is youth culture selling itself to itself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's yeah. become this like, you know, just serpent of brainwashing, you know? Yeah. 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 And so a lot of like that, that kind of stuff comes from that. And I think that comes through in other things I do, like, you know, they'll come through in like the opening sketches and watch out for fireballs episodes and stuff too. Sometimes in the ones I write, like that is a, that is a, a thing I'm very passionate about. Right. So, and hopefully, hopefully it came out in the pitch. Yeah. It, um, uh, and we we mentioned this, uh, and the other day I was walking, where I sit in my building is right by the, I'm going to put quotations here, but it's the photo studio for our catalog that goes out. Mm-hmm. So there's this woman who, uh, she's very nice, but she takes these pictures of basically food and uh, waste baskets all day. And uh, <laughs> she has like, you know, she has a like super professional photography flash that's like a thousand uh, you know, like candle light. Lumens. Or yeah. Yeah. Like t- 20 billion lumens. So I can see it out of the corner of my eye flashing. And then it also has that high pitch whine, which, you know, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I was walking by and she has like, just like this pile of crap. And one of the things I saw in this pile of crap was a box that said Marley coffee. And it had a picture of a lion on it. And I thought, Oh fuck. Like why does <laughs> one, why does the Marley family have, uh, why does the Marley family have a coffee? And uh, <laughs> what? And then also, of course, of course, of course, Gary, of course, the tagline, because I couldn't have thought of a better one, on the box itself said, stir it up. <laughs> so I immediately sat at my desk and started thinking of like other shitty ones to come up with. And the one that I, I mentioned to you, Gary, was like, we're jamming in extra flavor and diuretics. So you can have an exodus <laughs> of your Buffalo soldiers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's like, it's just taking it to the super gross next level, I guess, you know, like if they yeah. could get away with it, that's what they'd say. Like, don't forget coffee makes you poop sometimes. Yeah. And it, and it's all, you know, it's all, uh, yeah, money. Yeah. Like things like they would do that because it might push a couple more pounds of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's, probably, let's go into our next, uh, next question. Yeah. Or go ahead. Okay. We so we don't really like the next question. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. And it's, it's from Daniel Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, dear innovationists, uh, when will the epic opus of your story hit the big screens, the innovation, the Groban, the tragedy, the pitch featuring an original score by the Eagles, which is actually, just the it's just eagles but anyway yeah. uh what big stars are filling your boots love doans uh okay love you too doans love you too i've never met you but i i love you yep um 
yeah, the uh, a pitch uh, pitch movie is <laughs> um, would be like I think that it would ultimately end up being something that like I would like, but it would be a total failure. Where it would be like like any uh, comedy based like movie from a sketch comedy. Yeah, thing. I can't imagine it being much different than like the Tim and Eric ten billion dollar movie or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, which I love, but it would be, you know, it would it would you know never make any money. I like um, but it. Who, who would? Yeah, who would, I, I like it in the playoffs. sense that I like Tim and Eric already, and I like that sort of humor. But it is a shit movie. It it it's it's not like I think it's very funny, but mm-hmm. if I were judging it as like a success, it's a total failure. Yeah, as like a as a movie, like I laugh a lot while watching it, mm-hmm. you know, which in a way is a kind of success, right? Um, you know, and it but has the Domus PR song, which yeah. which is like one of the greatest contributions to human history. Um, that song gets stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think it would be very much the same. So I don't know, like if I were to pick, uh, I don't have a beard right now, so I have to find someone who doesn't have a beard. And it's like a chubby, frumpy guy. And it would be like, uh, I don't know, who who would you have play you, Gary? Let's uh, I, I'm going to choose mind, two, two late 45. Philip Seymour Hoffmans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> my character has to be 19, so, or like yeah. 18. However many, six pizza years. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm trying um, to think of a young like frumpy actor that's currently available. Why aren't there more young frumpy actors in Hollywood? <laughs> like, like a, a, I guess like Jonah Hill. Well, yeah, I think fat Jonah Hill from like a few years ago would have been a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been, I good. was never as um, big I had, as Jonah Hill, but it's still, I think it would work. Yeah. There aren't very many bearded actors and I'm going all beard all the time now. I've, I'm, mm-hmm. I've started a beard that is going to last me at least another two years. Mm. And it is a Dostoevsky style beard. Yeah, I see. Um, it's very nice. Yeah, it's a very full. So there aren't any actors that have that. So we'd have to uh, to paste one on. Right. To uh, to whoever played uh, this specific dumpy guy. Why aren't there more movies with just two dumpy guys? Um, you know. Did you did you see? This? There's actually a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you see this on the internet? There's like um, uh, there's like hipsters getting beard transplants or not actual transplants, but they're basically like going to places to get fake beards put on them. Um, I saw because, the headline, but I assume that it was fake. Like, I, not fake like that? the onion, but that someone was being scammed. I think like, it's, I, I hope it's real. Uh, much <laughs> like that, like uh, that artist in New York that's been putting out bear traps and then inside of them puts like a can of PBR and like American spirit cigarettes <laughs> and like some ridiculous uh, 1980s style like uh, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're called hipster traps. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I, that's a tough one because because I don't I I don't know who would I who would I ever get to play 19 year old me and that's fine. I think Jonah Hill's good. Uh, I do like yeah. the idea that all the songs in the movie are actually probably just the heat is on. And then Baker Street for no reason, like once. Like different covers of it? Like yeah. genre-appropriate covers of it? Yeah. Based on yeah. what we wanted? That's a good idea. Uh, I want them to be genre-appropriate covers, but I want them to be all done by David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, for one, one reason why I'd like that is because it gave me a chance to meet the man. Um, <laughs> so selfishly, I'd appreciate that. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Meet the man and meet Iman. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible she'll be there, you know, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah, just hanging out, like, smoking pot on a Shea Lounge. Yeah. Like, you know, from a slowly, giant. like... Yeah. Yeah, from a giant hookah, slowly painting a monochrome picture of, like, Michael Sarah, whoever we get to play, Gene Teenman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think a Jay Brucknell would be good for him too. Yeah. He's too yeah. old now. He, yeah. I had him earmarked to play Ryan Green. <laughs> he would be a good Ryan <laughs> Green. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's true. good. I think even a Jesse Eisenberg would be a good uh, Ryan Green. But th- that's beside the point. We're we're a good team man. Like we could get all four of those people and just swap them around. So we yeah. get Michael Sierra to play Jesse Eisenberg. We get <laughs> Dean Teamman to play Ryan Green. <laughs> And we get Ryan Green to play John Wolfe, playing yeah. uh, theater play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you uh, for that question. Yes. Um, indeed. So, Gary, mm-hmm. um, I think I think we kind of exhausted about everything I wanted to talk about at the pitch, except for to mention the Twitter again. Because every once in a while we do come back to the Twitter. And, like, uh, we did these Ving Rames. Uh, no, we did a Hamburglar ones that I think mm-hmm. are super funny, but I don't know if anybody else liked them. So I'm going to force feed them on you. Can uh, can we talk about real quick? Um, are there any pitch? Uh, Cause I have mine and I ended up using it on Twitter, but yeah. pitch ideas that you came up with after the show ended that you would have liked to have done an episode on. Boy, you know, I don't know if um, every once in a while <laughs> I come up with one and then I, I forget it. It's that sort of like comedian thing where they're like, uh, um, I'll just convince myself that this isn't funny enough to write down or I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, I'll remember this for tomorrow when I tell Gary. And then you don't. Yeah. I think the, the, the ham gargler, the ha- like the, the, the hamburger line of products is pretty I good. Think that, that's the one of the ones that I just kind of like it's that sort of thing. Every once in a while, like I'll see something and make fun of it. And that's, that's where it yeah. usually for me, for me, my white whale is the custodian. Like the, <laughs> yeah, the custodian. Uh, <laughs> yep. I would have liked to have done an episode on the custodian. Um, yeah, the portmanteau that I I'm fond of. Uh, but yeah, if you go to it's at PitchPod is the Twitter. So if you like the show and you're not following it on Twitter, just go back. It's evergreen. Just go back and, yeah. and read it. Um, we were both doing those once a once a week day. Yeah. So the idea was we'd get twenty of them a week. Um, we didn't always stick to that, but we mostly did. So there's a lot of content there. And some of it was, you know, there are a lot of Gchat conversations where it's like, man, I'm having a hard time coming up with a tweet for today. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're not all winners, but enough of them no. are. No, uh, <laughs> there is certainly some yeah. real bombs. And like, I, I, I was going to ask you as a question, like, do you have a specific joke or pitch that you wish you could take back sort of thing? Ooh, um, good question. But I don't, I don't have a familiarity with our own work that I can remember. Um, like if I pull up a, a list of all the stuff we've done, here, yeah. let me, uh, let me take a look and see. Um, you know, I think that the, uh, there, I mean, there are a couple of them that I think were not that funny of an idea. Like I think that the uh, the dry thigh pocketing system is not that funny. <laughs> um, like it's yeah. okay, but it's not that yeah. funny. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the the big one. I think it took me a long time to kind of like agree with you, but I think the batteresis was something that was kind of lacking as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's one of those things where immediately it doesn't sound like a thing. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was, that was my problem with it. 
Yeah. And I was like, it took me too long to think about it. And then, yeah, the, the, those are, that's the thing with portmanteaus is like, sometimes they're very obvious to the creator yeah. and not, uh, not otherwise. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about what we, uh, what we're thinking about doing next? Yeah. I want to talk about the thing that we're thinking about doing next, because after all, this pretty much entire show has been based off of Michael Henderson's questions. And that was the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> so basically, Gary and I want to do a new podcast, and we're going to call it Teenage Dirt Bags. And no. uh, we kind of want it's basically going to be like a Rift Tracks, but instead it's music videos instead of full movies. So the idea is like we're going to find uh, music videos that we can do on we can find on YouTube, and then we're going to record an audio element to it so that you'd be able to play that over watching this video of us making fun of it yes could, yeah could it, be it's good. not like a, a could be bad <laughs> yeah they... we'll we'll find out the um the it's gonna be different like as far as a podcast goes it's gonna be very different because i listen to all my podcasts while like commuting or doing chores and it right. won't really work for that it's going to be something you're going to have two browser windows open and yeah. you're going to have one of them with the podcast and one of them with youtube and uh, we're just going to say, okay, start now. And we are going to focus um, on that that golden period of shitty yeah. uh, music videos. Of the yeah, bucket mid to early 90s. period, yeah. Yep. Mid to early 90s. And, you know, but in general, like, we can go back to the 80s. And, like, I, in particular, um, there's this one, and Gary knows me well enough that he knows that this is this is my sordid past. So I used to hang out with a lot of uh, parrot heads. And uh, in that, inherited a lot of parrot head knowledge. And there was like uh, watching like a behind the music Jimmy Buffett. And there's a, there's a thing where he talks about like he wasn't quite making it in the industry. And then like this uh, basically like music video hotshot like came to him and was like, if you pay me a bunch of money, I'll make you a video that'll like light up the screen. And it's like <laughs> one of those really shitty eighties videos where it's just like, um, well, it's a lot like, uh, <laughs> it's a lot like Lou Reed's original rapper where it's just like a bunch of nonsense, like going on the entire time and like wacky colors and like weird stuff. Man, we got to do original rapper at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. we have to, but yeah. we're not, we are not doing smart girls. <laughs> Yeah, well, Smart Girls doesn't have a music video. No, but it's also terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's also the worst song I've ever heard. So, the um, uh, quite possibly no exaggeration. Like, mm-hmm. That is a bad song. Yeah, that um, is straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nice thing about this doing these things on YouTube, too, is it opens up this whole uh, world of YouTube comments that oh, we might uh, be able to touch I on. I I'm so afraid of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I watch YouTube. I, you know, I have the soulless job, but it affords me the opportunity to basically have let's plays going on in the background the whole time. And mm-hmm. I watch them and I'm like pretty familiar with like the, at this point, you know, the personalities and play styles of these certain people that I watch. And like, I'm terrified to look at these, look at these comments. Cause I'm like one, everything is free on YouTube. So shut up. And then like also, <laughs> You know, it's also, it's like he's playing a game and you're going to yell at him for not finding the thing that you saw or know about. Like, he's not going to go, like, back and re-record it and, like, 
take those like, yeah. 20 minutes from your brain and then like replace them <laughs> with the 20 minutes where you did the it's thing. It's a that weird you lack of understanding of what it is. The, right. uh, there's also this, this accountability thing too. Like I do, um, those dark souls let's plays, And yeah. the first one I did, I made my archer character who, yeah. uh, killed all the bosses with a bow and arrow and killed a lot of monsters with a bow and arrow, but sometimes used a sword. And, yeah. uh, there are a couple of like the only negative feedback I've gotten were people who are really pissed that I did that. And it's like, I never advertise it as such. Also, like, it's not useful feedback. Like, at that point, it's like, oh, I did that, yeah. like, a month ago. Yeah. What do you want? You know, and I still get comments on it from time to time. They're just kind of like, you know, I like this, but I wish you'd use the bow and arrow more. And it's like, well, you know, I hate to set you up for spoilers, but this was, you know, a year and a half ago that I recorded it. And right. there's nothing that can be done about right. it now. Right, right. And I, I don't know. It's just like... It, yeah, it just, and that, those aren't bad yeah. comments that I'm getting yeah, like when worst. people do that. Like, yeah, I'm not disparaging people who wish that was the thing, but so it's, um, it's weird because like I do like songs. I've looked at songs specifically like original rapper and things like that, and there's a amount of people liking these things where it's hard to tell if they're being <laughs> sarcastic or not. Where it's well, like teenage dirtbag with the weirdest lyrics on YouTube right now has 1.5 million views. I'm, so I'm fairly certain at least. 200 of those views are from me. <laughs> <laughs> and through Teenage Dirtbag, the podcast, Teenage Dirtbags, we'll push that up into the, right. the, the probably another 40 or 50 views. Yeah, maybe uh, another. Maybe. Realistically. So, and we're going to do that um, starting summer. Because yeah. that is when uh, a lot of my uh, like bandwidth is going to open up as far as uh, having time for new projects. Like this isn't an intensive project, but we're probably going to, uh, uh, you know, record a lot of them in a row and such. Yeah. Yep. And uh, mm -hmm. any suggestions you have, of course, of uh, videos that you'd like to see are more than welcome. Where do yeah. you send them? No one knows. Go to, yeah. Well, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact yeah. um, is a good place to start. Um, or on that Twitter, we'll get them eventually. <laughs> um, you know, or yeah, on our, our personal pitch pod Twitter or our personal Twitters or send us an email if you mm -hmm. have our emails or our yeah. fa Facebook. I have no idea. Yeah. Or if you know you me know in what? person, if you could just send all of them to Cole. Yeah, yeah, I know. Cool. I'm not talking to Gary and Braid right now. Can you please tell them that I want to see them uh, talk about the uh, Me Puppets video for um, Backwater? <laughs> Done uh, and, uh, I want to see that crash test dummies video. Yeah, and not, mm, mm, but the rarer one for God shoveled his feet or afternoons and coffee spoons. <laughs> um, I can't, can't believe you know these things. I I, I listen to that album several times. Wow, um, we, I we, think I don't. You're the only person I know who owns that album and not just the single. Well, Zach Rouse is another one. We, wow. Uh, we talked about that. So there's at least two people out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that we should probably uh, call it. Okay. I feel like this, this has been a long episode. It has Very been long. Kind of long. Yeah. Oh, um, and stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to add some extra stuff from like kind of behind the scenes stuff just that I thought were kind of funny jokes at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm so, looking forward to hearing that because I forgot thank about you. them. Sure. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to the show and liking the show. And again, thank you, Michael Henderson and Daniel Owens. And uh, and also we didn't get to it, but um, I also wanted to thank Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lawton. Lawton. Yes, yeah, Jeffrey Lawton, uh, Jala Prendes, um, Quentin Castor, everybody who has liked the show and been supportive and said nice things. 
Yeah. Um, really appreciate it. Because uh, this show, is, it's one of those things where it's so, um, you know, I love the video game related shows I do, but this is a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more creative. I'm not commenting yeah. on another thing. I'm actually making stuff up. So when people uh, dig this show, it touches me, you know, in a way that it doesn't with the uh, the other shows. Um, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. So do we do we have a sign off for the, the uh, pitch? I think we just said well, goodnight. We said goodnight. Our, our, our famous catchphrase. <laughs> Grobe night. Goodnight. Yeah, Grobe night. Um, so Grobe okay. night. So yeah, for Keep the last the time. Grobe night. <laughs> Grobe night forever. And <laughs> 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 to get one more of those in there. tell you about the uh, Star Trek Next Generation novel that Ryan Green and I listened to on the way to Rock Food once? Oh, jeez. God, no, but I, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, I think it was called IQ. It was a Q okay. number. Uh, narrated by John Delancey. You know what? Now, this does sound familiar. <laughs> um, I was just thinking something about what we just said, the rhythm of it, reminded me of like the coolest part of it which was the, uh, you know, so uh, Q, Picard, and Data are the people, and they're going around to these different worlds that symbolize the different stages of grief for some reason. Okay, Because sure. Q, is, Q is dealing with, like, the disappearance of baby Q. Baby there, there's, Q. Also a la- yeah. <laughs> there's also a lady Q, uh, which I didn't know before this. Well, I know there were but other during, Qs, so, yeah. There's a family, though. It's not okay. just, I knew there were other Qs, too. Um, but the, uh, the takeaway here is that at a certain point, uh, data is shoving his way through a crowd mm-hmm. and, uh, Q is narrating how disgusted he is by how polite data is. So he says, uh, he, he's, he's saying, and the insufferable Android kept walking through the crowd and it went like this, push, shove, apologize, push, shove, apologize, push. And he does it, he does it like, like one time too many enough to where like you could very easily throw a, a beat under it. And I should have. Yeah. Cause it's so good. It's a, like, it just sounds so cool. <laughs> Look both ways. <laughs> push, shove, apologize. Apologize. Look both ways. You could do like just kind of a safety data safety suite. I don't want to. Should I look both ways? You should look both ways. But do I look both ways? You should look both ways. And then that song plays for the next part, which is where they're doing their solo tests. So when you think you're done, you're not done. They're still all surrounded, surrounding... 
Sam Sprocket's magic TV and watch it. Yeah. A TV that he, he summons onto a blackboard. But after for a some half, reason. you know, after maybe an hour, he lets these kids go ride their bikes on the street unsupervised. <laughs> Chili's barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> Uh, groban back ribs. <laughs> Every rib I give you comes from my heart. I'm Josh Groban. <laughs> Don't you mean... Every rib I give you comes from my heart. My name's Josh Groban. <laughs> my heart has tiny ribs within. Those <laughs> tiny ribs are within you now, Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> Inside my heart is a smaller heart. It's my secret heart that holds all my love for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we got to pitch like, some songs to Josh Groban. That's what I'm doing next time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. But I feel like that might be stepping over our bounds, you know? Like, <laughs> like he's nothing we do is going to sound as good as when he does that's true. That's true. But we could <laughs> have like a Hitsville, USA style, uh, like Motown thing, but Grovetown. Oh, sure, sure. I think I, I, I think I'm picking up what you are putting down. Josh Groban. Yeah. Grove it to me. Groby. Grove to me, Groban. Your tiny heart is a part of me. I like it. I like it. Grove it to me. <laughs> Can we, we, we should also suggest some sort of like Celine Dion love connection song. Love, Celine like, Dion love connection. Like, yeah, well, you know, Celine Dion. Yeah, well, Celine like, Dion, will you marry me? My name is Josh Groban. <laughs> A little on the nose, Gary, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will you, uh, will you give me like two minutes? I gotta go find a thing to wipe my glasses with here. Yeah. All right, hang on. You need the skin sham. I found it. It was not far away. Was it the skin sham? Because then it was right there. <laughs> it was. But I had to take my shirt off to use it. <laughs> which, is, which is awkward when you're wearing a t-shirt and wearing headphones. Like if you're just wearing, if you're wearing a button-up, it's no big deal. You just unbutton yeah. a couple and then there you go. I'm unbuttoning my shirt as we speak. Oh my! Oh, it's a little bit warm in here. So, yeah, uh, it's getting warmer out here too. I think it was like fifty today. Yeah, too much. <laughs> We're entering into the the phase of weather that I don't like. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, recently you guys have had some real hot Portland summers, but it's not supposed to be that way, right? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, hot. Hot uh, winters Portland as well, winters. like no yeah. no snow. Hot Portland winters. <laughs> Just grow up in. Yes. 
Wait, hold on. We need to pitch the idea of Portland Heat starring Josh Groban. It's the new <laughs> Portland PD. Is he, he's a detective? <laughs> yeah, he's a detective. Who sings crimes? Well, he sings crimes, but he also, uh, you know, takes sing song confessions. <laughs> like, look, I did it. I'm sorry I killed her. I cannot hear you, my friend, unless you sing me till the end. I'm Josh Groban. Detective Josh Groban. <laughs> Josh Groban. Detective Josh Groban. Yes, I put in the knife and I ended her life and I've never yes. felt better. <laughs> yes, I put in the knife and I ended her life. And suddenly I'm from the 18th century and I'm a chimney sweep. <laughs> Here's our here's our our boys, mm-hmm. our boys in Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> I had a long lengthy discussion with uh, Cole on that episode of Level about how Tony Hawk is the only reason the song is a okay. <laughs> like if I'm playing Tony Hawk, I'm like yeah. I actually always liked that song. I don't know why. You've been a Power Fan 5000 since way back. I have been a Power Fan 5000. I <laughs> so much of a Power Fan I didn't bother to look at any other songs. <laughs> this is it. It's like how uh, in the mid 90s when Space Hog released In the Meantime, and we all realized that music was over, and like you might as well just put a pin in it because it's it's done. You're like that with this song. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is like. I didn't fall into that trap that you would fall into that now kids don't fall into. But like, you know, when I was 16 or whatever and had a little bit of disposable income and a song like that would be on MTV and I'd be like, yeah, or like you yeah. want to get excited. And then I would go out and buy the album and the whole rest of the album would be garbage. Like not the band garbage. Cause I actually like them, but, um, the jagged little pill effect. Yeah. It's a jagged little pill. If you will, it's, um, it's a crazy town. <laughs> People way into that song, butterfly, and then the rest of the album sure. terrible. Sure, or a uh, fastball. Yeah, sure, a fastball, a sister hazel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A stroke nine, if you will. Yep. I knew that Stroke Nine song right off the bat. I'm kind of surprised. That was a lit song that you just did. Oh, you're right. That is lit. Fuck. So which one's Stroke Nine then? Stroke Nine is the little black backpack. Do you know that one? Not not unless you sing it to me. See. Oh, uh, let me see. Don't want to tangle with you. I'd rather tangle with him. I'm going to smash his head in. Um, oh, God, I don't know that song at all enough to sing any more of it. I think maybe they had a song also on like the Jay and By- Silent Bob Strike Back soundtrack. It's very possible. They were kind of That's more either. of a like... They were in that weird, like, pop music trying to be tough thing. Yeah. Fine. And, like, period. the New Radicals for some reason. <laughs> the, the New Radicals are not trying to be tough, dude. Like, they have that. That's, the New Radicals are the ones that do that. Don't well, up. He's got the it in you. Is that yeah. that band? 
first verse of that song is about kicking people's asses. Yeah, but it's like the dumbest. It's like so wussy. I like, know. Photo shoots with Beck and Hanson. <laughs> so like, the beat's all bouncy. Uh, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Like, it's like, da, 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 da. Yeah. 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 And then you had, you know, like the Verve doing 12 different versions of Freshman. Sure, sure. And and the Verve Pipe doing, uh, is that Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. Bill Black Backpack Letter. Kick Some Ass is the song I was thinking of. That's the one from James Silent Bob. Oh, okay. And that is kind of like tough music, pop music trying to be, come on if you want to kick some ass. I do, I do. <laughs> it's so similar. Like, I, I never put that together in that weird, like, super girly musically, super, like, sentiment like a lion, music like a lamb pop period. Sure. And this is how so we kick some ass. You know, uh, two or three years later, we end up with uh, some forty-one, and this is this yeah, is exactly. This is how it all makes sense. <laughs> We've done a lot of good work today. We did this to ourselves the first time we liked Hoggins. Gonna kick some ass. Kick some ass has its own Wikipedia entry. Oh God. <laughs> kick some ass is a song recorded by the American rock band Stroke Nine. It's a single release from the 2002 album Rip It Off. It peaked okay. on the Billboard Alternative Song Chart. This is all information that was on the little like charting graph that was on the Stroke Stroke Nine page. It just re just put restated. I would recommend uh, watching the video just to see how giant the lead singer's mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off my way. Okay, <laughs> it's just a quick tap, and you're at Weedus's teenage dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently, after clicking on it, it, it seems to indicate that the top tracks for Weedus list is 38 videos long. <laughs> Look at that Weedus. So, okay, I'm watching the Weedus video, and there's a guy. I'm on my way. <laughs> I can't tell if he's actually got a shaker that's a banana, because I've seen shakers that look like that, or if he's just shaking with a banana. 